Fasting is common around the world, either for spirituality or dieting or for health benefits. Fasting refers to the abstinence of from a certain action or a type of food or fluid for a period of time. Each religion, for example, has different types of fasting. Lent is seen as abstinence of something for 40 days prior to Easter, which starts on Ash Wednesday. And Catholics don't eat meat on Fridays, often opting for vegetarian or fish products. The topic today will cover fasting, especially in the context of the Islamic month of Ramadan, which begins next week, and the benefits and risks of fasting after weight loss surgery. Let's get started. Welcome to Reverse the Post-Op Regain podcast. I'm your host, Saraya Nikwan, a weight loss surgery dietitian, and I am excited that you're here today. This podcast is for anyone struggling with nutrition and weight years after bariatric surgery. You might be feeling confused, overwhelmed, and not quite sure what your body needs after that first year post-op. This is where I can help you. Join me every week where you'll leave supported and motivated to take the next step in your nutrition journey. Thank you for being here with me today. Now let's get started. Fasting has been popular in recent times for attaining specific health benefits and weight loss. However, emerging evidence shows that the health benefits of fasting stretch beyond calorie restriction and weight loss. These include an improvement of biomarkers of disease, therefore reducing your risk of chronic disease, reducing your oxidative stress and thereby reducing inflammation, preserving learning and memory function, also decreasing the risk of dementia and Alzheimer's, Improvements in blood sugar level control by decreasing the HbA1c levels, which will reduce your risk of diabetes. Improved cardiovascular health by improving blood pressure and lipid control. Stimulating adaptive cellular responses, which means you're less likely to get chronic diseases and the risk of cancer. There are disadvantages though, so such as an increased hunger can cause overeating once that fast is over. And that deprivation mentality where you eat more than you intended because the food was abstinent. It also increases the thoughts and feelings around food. And you might tend to reach for foods that you otherwise wouldn't if you hadn't been fasting. In the case of weight loss surgery, fasting may reduce the ability to be adequately hydrated. And you may struggle to reach your protein intake during that feast window. For a religious fast, such as Ramadan, waking in the early hours before dawn to eat, and then you also need to wait that half an hour to drink, it's very time conscious. How early do you need to wake up to actually eat before you start your fast? Similarly, when you break the fast, do you eat or do you drink first? Today, I'll primarily focus on Ramadan, which is known as the holy month in Islam. It begins next week, depending on the moon sighting, and it always changes depending on the moon, as the lunar months are always shorter than the Gregorian calendar. So Ramadan is where we break from the worldly pleasures, as we know these include food, water, intimacy, and vulgar talk, whilst conversely we increase our connection with God. So the month of Ramadan is one of restriction. However, having had a gastric sleeve or a gastric bypass or any metabolic surgery, it is harder to maintain an adequate protein intake, and that minimum of 60 to 90 grams of protein a day is important to prevent malnutrition and muscle loss. You could probably lose a fair bit of muscle loss in 30 days if you consecutively didn't eat enough. Water is also imperative, obviously, to prepare the body for the fast and to prevent dehydration. 
So a minimum of 1.5 litres of water is required, even if you're fasting. So ways to improve your nutrition if you are observing Ramadan and have had weight loss surgery. I would encourage you to make sure you eat the breakfast and choose high protein, low volume, nutritious foods. So I would encourage you to have a small high protein breakfast to meet at least half of your protein intake for the day. It is also important to drink water at breakfast, but I'll discuss that in a minute. These meal suggestions also use a protein powder that provides at least 25 grams of protein per scoop. So an option could be a scoop of sausage and sport made on 200 mils of skim milk and a scoop of protein powder that would provide about 49 grams of protein. Or 100 grams of low-fat cottage cheese with a tin of tuna provide about 38.939 grams of protein. 100 grams of low-fat cottage cheese with lemon rind and lemon juice mixed with one scoop of vanilla protein powder tastes a bit like a lemon cheesecake. That's 41 grams of protein. A Chobani Greek yogurt, roughly the serve of 170 to 200 grams with a scoop of chocolate protein powder, which would provide around about 40 grams of protein. A bowl of porridge made on skim milk and a scoop of protein powder, that's about 38 grams of protein. That one would be harder to consume because the carbohydrates, although good to sustain your energy levels, you'd actually feel very full on that. Or the Rokeby Farms whole protein breakfast smoothie, which is about 30 grams of protein. Now, you could even have leftovers from the night before, so your meat and vegetables and always eat the protein food first. That's about 25 grams of proteins. So the other options did provide a bit more protein. I will have a download available in the show notes so you can grab these recipes or combinations of food so that you can implement this for your breakfast time. I hope you've been enjoying the episode. I wanted to take a moment to let you know about my free three-day meal plan with recipes to get you started taking control of the weight regain. Head to the link in the show notes to access it. Now, let's get back to the episode. Number two is to make sure you drink water. So we know that the body is composed of 70% water. That's no surprise. So it is important to hydrate and water is your best option. Or you might like to consider having an electrolyte drink. So you still need to leave the 30 minutes before and after your meals because otherwise it'll push the food too quickly through the gut or you won't be able to eat as much of that meal. I would encourage you to try drink water before you eat because it's easier for the body to process that water rather than trying to drink on top of something you've just eaten. And try to limit drinks like coffee, tea or any other drinks that contain caffeine. Caffeine can act as a diuretic if it's consumed more than the standard two cups of coffee. And this means that more water can be lost from the body through the kidneys, which isn't beneficial if you're fasting. So you've done the fast. Now it's time for iftar, or which is considered the meal when the sun sets. So remember your stomach is a muscle. It will contract and relax just like your biceps do if you train them at the gym. But if you don't use your biceps for a while, they get smaller. As your stomach is already smaller after a gastric sleeve or bypass, it is important to break your fast with water, preferably, because as I said earlier, water leaves the stomach obviously faster if there's no food in it. If you have a date, it would be ideal to still wait the half an hour before having something to drink, but adequate hydration is important. So I would suggest, although that is the blessed thing to do is to have the dates, I would encourage you to have the water first because it will reduce the risk of dehydration. 
And you might like to make that drink an electrolyte drink like a hydrolyte or a low sugar Powerade or even just a normal small glass of Powerade just to give you that sugar and that pip, which is what you need after you've finished fasting. And then I'd encourage you to get some sort of vegetables in, in the way of a main meal. You might find that after you've waited that half an hour from drinking, a more sloppier meal like a soup or a curry or something that's really moist and got liquid will be easier to tolerate because it'll require less chewing. But it is also important to eat slowly because obviously you're ravenous from fasting. So please make sure that you slow down your eating and then wait half an hour and drink some more fluids. And oftentimes you sort of get hungry about two hours after you've finished your evening meal. So have a balanced snack then with some yogurt and some fruit or some crackers with some tuna. Have another protein-rich option, even if it's a small bit of cottage cheese on some crackers or fruit salad with, like I said, a dollop of yogurt or some cheese and crackers. So there's a few some protein-rich options, even a protein muesli bar to have before you go to bed. And that will help make sure you get at least, if you follow that, you'll get at least 60 grams of protein. You may also like to add Benny protein, which is a whey-based protein powder, which is made on collagen into your food to also boost your protein intake. But overall, there's some really great options for getting enough fluid in, making sure you're making good food choices. Minimize the fried foods as well during Ramadan. It's easy to eat, but they don't serve you much benefit. And prioritizing the protein and vegetables in that evening meal. Also, one last thing, don't forget to take your vitamins before breakfast or with your breakfast and after you break your fast. So that will help you round out your day from a fasting perspective. And if you do not observe Ramadan, I do hope that you found some information there that would support you in whatever types of fasting you may try. Just remember after weight loss surgery, it is important to make sure that you don't undereat the protein because fasting puts great stress on the body. Stress increases the adaptation of the body to improve us for the better. However, if you don't provide it with the right nutrition, here being the protein to preserve muscle tissue, then you won't get the benefits that you're hoping to see. So I hope that was helpful. As always, let me know if you have any questions, but I look forward to chatting with you next week. Thank you for joining me on Reverse the Post-Op Regain podcast. If you would like to learn more about what I do, head to at the Bariatric Collective on Instagram or Facebook or visit us online at www.thebariatriccollective.com.au and reach out if you need support reversing weight regain or anything related to bariatric surgery. I'd love to hear from you. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, I'd love for you to take a moment to review the show if you found it helpful or share it with a few friends. I look forward to chatting with you next time.